It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. Hello, I'm Laura Woods. What a day we've had in the Premier League. Liverpool and Manchester City continue to demonstrate their dominance and there was more disappointment for Manchester United and Chelsea and it wouldn't be a game day here on TalkSport without some VAR controversy. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. Here's the best of your reaction from the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Alvin Martin and your verdict with me, Laura Woods, Darren Ben and Nicky Gray. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Let's get into it then. We kick off with Phil the Chelsea fan, who says the 2-2 draw with Sheffield United at Stamford Bridge is a sign of things to come for the Blues. So what, um, Adrian? I think that's going to be the story of our season this year. I'm not expecting great things. I mean, there's some silly mistakes made. I mean, I don't know why Christensen didn't start. You've got to sort your defence out. That's where you build from, first of all. Um, so I, I'm surprised with the substitutions that were made, to be honest. But... Um, yeah, you've got to tighten up the defence and sort of try and shut up shop in a way, really. But I think I'm not expecting fantastic things this season from Chelsea. It's a learning process. Whether they give him time, which they don't do at Chelsea with managers, as you know, um, I just hope they do because I'm 100% behind Lampard. And we've got some great talent in the kids, and that's all we've got at the moment is kids, really. Game of two halves. First half, he looked home and hose. Second half, what happened? It was our fault. Game of two halves because we get comfortable with uh, being two goals up. Without playing brilliantly, but you know, clinical from Tammy and uh, controlling the game, uh, and that my message was clear at half-time that two-nil is, is never a comfortable result, particularly against a team with the resolve of Sheffield United, and then to go and give them the goal in the first minute, clear mistake by us, um, and that's not good enough. We can't come here and be two-nil up at half-time uh, and not see the game out and, and take the game away from the opponent. So, not good enough second half. Same thing kind of happened with Leicester. You dominated first half, second half. They they were in charge. I mean, is it a concentration thing? Yeah, concentration. I mean, um, our general play in the second half is is something where it needs personality, it needs um, leadership out on the pitch to to turn that game back in our favour. Because we're still two one up, um, and that's where we maybe we need to be patient because it's slightly transitional and there are things happening we know we're here and we have some younger players. But I won't have that as an excuse. We're Chelsea. 
Um, concentration needs to be there for 90 odd minutes um, and the feeling that, that towards the end of the game was that they could score they could score the equaliser and, that, and that's again on us with how we're not seeing that game so lessons for all of us uh, an international break to go away and think seriously and I've told the players that everybody about uh, the things we need to improve on because that's not good enough Finally Frank I can, I can see you're angry people listening on the radio will know you're angry tonight yeah, and um, why, why shouldn't I be? Because you know I want to be here to win games, and I know pick, I get asked a lot in the week about young players and decisions and all these things. I want to win games here, and it's nothing to do with youth, age, whatever. Um, it's the fact of in a game where you're two 0 up for sure. And there've been games this season where I've said the reverse. We we didn't deserve four 0 at Manchester United. We deserve to win the Super Cup, um, but today we didn't deserve it because at two 0 up, it's on us to see the game out, and we didn't. Quite upset, really, to be honest. I mean, I think that. Frank Lampard knows what he's doing by putting so much youth in the team, but at the same time he's, he's doing an after-match interview saying the players need to concentrate for 90 minutes. You know you're dealing with young players, you know the situation. On 84 Correct. minutes or 86 minutes, you are making substitutes, you're bringing Billy Gilmore on or whatever his name is, and Batshuayi. We're leading by one goal, we're not 4-0 up. You should have brought some experience on to see the game through. You've got Alonso on the bench, you've got Giroud on the bench who can hold the ball up well. You're making these substitutions on 84 minutes and then we're conceding a goal on 90 minutes. It's a joke. Yeah, is it, I mean, Darren, that's sort of what you said, isn't it? it, it sh showing experience, showing youngsters faith and, and, and letting them start is, is, all, is one thing, but not bringing on the experience that you have on the bench. Do you think that's where he killed him? A little bit, yeah. I mean, as I said, we, we read out who was on the bench today, and you're right, when, you, when you're winning 2-1, and as I said, it wasn't a, a, a convincing... It wasn't, Chelsea wasn't just flooding forward and carving Sheffield United open. It, it wasn't That wasn't the type of game it was. So when you're getting down to the later stages, maybe bring on Christensen, um, obviously brought William on, bring on defence Alonso, maybe just to try and short up. It might not be a attractive but listen that could get you your first home win but as I said I mean it, it, it's going to be tough to take for him because they played well enough today Chelsea and did create chances to win that game but as I said it's defensively again where they're just leaking too many goals. Sam are you still there? Yeah I'm still here I'm just uh, why was Christensen dropped? I think Lampard I, I'm, I, listen, I'm, a, I'm a massive Chelsea fan I've supported Chelsea all my life Frank Lampard is a Chelsea legend I'm, I'm by no means Lampard out or anything like that but at the same time, he needs to start taking responsibility and making these important decisions because game by game, everything's becoming further and further away. Next season, we don't want to be like Arsenal playing in the Europa League. <laughs> you just want hey. it. <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> can, can, you, can you imagine as a Chelsea fan, look at, look at the group we've just been given. Ajax away, Valencia away, Lille away. Lovely away days, it's lovely as a fan. And then to be put into the Europa League because... At the start of the game, Christian should, should have started. It should have been Zuma's been poor all season. So if anyone should have been dropped, it should have been that that, that Zuma. Yeah, you know what, agree, what you're saying there, Sam. I agree there. When he took out Christensen, I did think, hmm, why not Zuma? Because out of the two, you'd have to say Christian's probably been better than Zuma. Looked a bit more calm and collected on the ball and defensively than Zuma has. Everyone's defending Lampard, and of course we'll defend him to the death because he is a Chelsea legend and he does deserve to have time. But at the same time, you have to take responsibilities. Important results, important things during games. We've come out at half-time, they've scored straight away within a minute. I'm not even back to my seat yet. I'm still in the queue to get... They've scored, I can hear they're going... I'm thinking, oh my, there's not even been a minute. As soon as that happened, you should have dragged Ross Barkley off. Ross Barkley, I don't know what's wrong with him. He is an extra at Everton. He was different class. He's come here. Every minute he's getting his, pick, his pocket picked. Every minute. He, he looks lost in there. Do you think and, do you and agree? Chelsea, Chelsea fans were on to Sarri for playing Jorginho deep and mm. playing Kante forward. 
Lampard's done the same last week. Jorginho was deep, Kante was in front, and not one Chelsea fan said a thing. To come away, especially being at quarter four, two nil down with two ridiculously, you know, uh, poor goals from our point of view that we concede, you know, um, it was a long way back, but we managed to, to climb that mountain and, and get a result. First one, Dean should have saved. Second one, yeah. either John or Bash should have got rid of. I think Jake's come across, hasn't he? And Jack just leaves John Egan to deal with it, and he's come across and he's made a poor decision. And you make poor decisions at any level. I think you know those two. We haven't made you know mistakes like that for quite a long time in whatever division it was in, you know. But especially at Premier League, never the ball's going to end up in the back of the net, and uh, and obviously it did. So what do you say at half-time? Bearing in mind we're live on Tea Time Radio and people up and down Ooh. the country don't want to hear lots of swear words. Just to give us the edited version. <laughs> the, clean, the clean version. If you could. We just, oh, we just need to need to more belief and, you know, belief in that we're, that we're here. It's not, like I said before, it's not a cup tie. You know, it's like third round of the FA Cup where we've been drawn away at Chelsea. We're in the Premier League, they're in the Premier League and this is a Premier League game. And... Uh, Shake, liven yourselves up a little bit, be a little bit more aggressive, be a little bit more positive in your play, stop feeling sorry for yourselves. I've just got asked a question about there about, you know, talking to players, you know, should I be saying things, should I be having a go at players? Well, how do you talk to them? Do you give them a, a, an old-fashioned sort of sweary or do, or do you put an arm around them? It's a, it's a man's changing room from my point of view and, you know, nothing's going to be given to you and you've got to, you know, you've got to deal with, you've got to deal with criticism and the biggest thing for me and I thought just what epitomised our, our sort of, our sort of group is that, you know, we talked to, you know, we talked to Dean, uh, if that's, if that's the way of talking about it, we talked to him and we talked to Callum, Callum should score and Dean should make that save and Jack should deal with that and I thought, you know, Dean's save was, was unbelievable, one that kept us in the game, Callum scores, so, um, and, and I thought Jack's second half was outstanding. Please don't ever talk to me because I'm, get, I'm getting the impression <laughs> you shout a lot. Uh, finally, can you just sum up first four weeks of the season? You've only lost one game. You've scored in every game. You've gone to a top six club and got a point. I suppose you're going to sit down tomorrow with a glass of wine or what have you and think, I'm not doing bad at this Premier League manager's lock. I'm not, wait, I'm not waiting till tomorrow. Um, uh, it's been a brilliant experience, you know, and we, we didn't, you know, we, we, we want to be competitive and I think we've shown in the first four games that we are. We have to believe in ourselves a little bit more and hopefully we'll, we'll grow with that. That belief will grow and that confidence will grow with the likes of coming today. The likes of going toe-to-toe with Leicester, especially second half, you know, at Bournemouth and, and beating Palace as well. And it's a, it's a solid start from my point of view, but... You know, as I said, it's not. I'm not. I'm not a day tripper. I'm not collecting collecting autographs and and, and, and signed shirts. We're we're here to get points. Callum, alongside me, first of all, congratulations on your first Premier League goal today. But I hear you're you're claiming more than one goal. Yeah, um, I think if the second one, if it's on target, um, I've heard Zoom has got a touch, but if it's on target, um, it has to be has to be my goal. So um, obviously everyone will will look at that and see that. But I think if it is on target, then that's my second goal. Yeah. So two goals today, in which case, I mean, this must be a, one of the best days of your career. Yeah, definitely. I think getting that first premiership goal, you could see my reaction, my emotion when I scored it. Um, I didn't know what to do and um, that just proves how big a goal it was, even for the boys. So just in the game, it was a massive goal. But then for me personally, to get my first premiership goal um, was an unbelievable feeling. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Yeah, fuming. I think, um, I think Palace throughout the, the game even before the red card I think they were the better side but how on earth have VAR missed that Jack Grealish goes through I mean I don't understand he does get a nudge in the back he goes down but he almost instantly gets back up and he's looking at the ball 
Lansbury slots it into goal. I just don't understand what, what VAR is all about then. When do you stop the game and when don't you? I really don't understand. I'm struggling to understand it. I'm struggling to come to terms with obviously. Do you know, do you know what? Do you know what, Kieran, right? Uh, the talk sport um, commentators and staff went to the, the studios uh, where the VAR is in operation uh, at, at, at the end of last season, or, or you know, in, during the close season. And we went into the booths and we started discussing, debate all, all, the, all the issues of VAR. And they put us into these booths uh, me and Ray Hunt were together with a referee and they played some complicated uh, clips and the more they played them, you start to look for things then. Me and Ray started doing it. Look for things that weren't there because you think, oh, they've hidden something here. They're trying to trip me up. And that's what this was today. I think Kevin Friend was looking for something that wasn't there. No, I agree. I think um, if it's not, if there's no clarity on it yet, if, it, if it's still very confusing, it shouldn't be in the game yet, in my opinion. I just don't understand... It's, it's trial this year almost, I understand that, but it's, it's, there's so many problems with it, and it, it is taking away the excitement out of football as well, so I'm obviously anti-VAR anti before today anyway as well. I'm going to clue. <laughs> I still don't know. Um, I'm presuming that it may be a dive, when you've got a nudge in the back and a tackle that you're going in for, how that can be classed as simulating, I don't know. Listen, they're human, they make mistakes, but I thought that what... what that was what VAR was for, yeah. to right the wrongs, and unfortunately, it's not done it today. You know, I'll go and get an explanation off him because I still don't understand it. Um, you know, and it's—I I did wonder how I would actually feel after you know being on the wrong end of a, you know, what could be a VAR. But obviously, um, you know, the, the referees had a poor game today, in my opinion. You know, as I said earlier, they're only human. Um, the first three fouls were against us. Two of them around the edge of their penalty box, no cautions. And then within a 15-minute period, we end up with four cautions for next to nothing. You know, um, Trezzy's first caution, he's a millisecond from reaching the ball first. Um, you know, free kick at the best. Uh, you know, his second one, he's been silly. I think that's the only one they've got right today. We're all still getting used to VAR, but my interpretation of it is because the referee's blown the whistle and then the ball's been put in the back of the net, VAR can't be used because the ball was effectively dead. Should the referee have allowed play to continue to give himself the option of consulting VAR? The referee should have done a lot of things today differently, but he didn't. I can't change it now and he can't change it. One of them things. What do you make of the game in general and your team's performance? I, I thought we were OK without being great today. Uh, I thought we started the game very well. Uh, I just felt that we were a little bit too passive in our pressing. We allowed them into our half too much in the first half. Second half, I thought we started really well. But then, you know, when you, you go a man down in this league, it's tough. Um, but we stuck stuck to our task. We, we didn't go defensive. You know, I went 4-3-2 and put another centre forward on, you know, because I just felt that we would get chances in it. And we had a couple, um, you know, one that should have stood. Disappointed with the goal you conceded because he had a lot to do when he picked up the ball? Um, I mean, he's... It was one of them ones where you, you're attacking, the ball breaks down and they counter-attack. And we'd spoke about that and, you know, I think he cuts inside and, and slots it, um, you know. So we've been under a bit of pressure from them because of that and they've had a few shots and cleared a couple, uh, you know. So, yeah, always disappoint when you can see the goal anyway. International break now, so a chance to, to ponder on what you've achieved in your first four games back in the Premier League. How would you sum it up? Disappointing, to be honest. I mean, uh, we've only won, won the one match. I thought our performance against Bournemouth, my the mistakes, was, was very good. Uh, you know, we deserved at least a point out of today's game as well. The, the biggest disappointment for me was the first, the last half an hour at Tottenham. Um, you know, but to be walking away from here with a loss is, you know, is a sour pill to swallow. VAR is laughable at the moment. I forget the result. I don't think Villa deserved to get anything from the game. Uh, but VAR was meant 
so that controversy was taken away from the game. I was at Villa Park against Bournemouth with Martin Atkinson, who's a pretty decent ref, had an absolute mare. Kevin Friend has always been very average, in my opinion, but he's had an absolute shocker today. And, he, and when the ref doesn't interpret the rules correctly, we've got no chance, Adrian. It's just shocking. I mean, Coyote, who was uh, in the midfield of Crystal Palace today, he committed enough foul to be sent off two or three times. Shocking. Really, really, really poor. And if the referee is the 12th man, we've got no chance. I mean, we've come up from the championship and it's going to be a big struggle for us to stay up at the best of time. And decisions like this could cost us dearly. Vernon, I think I think you're right. I think Palace were the better team today. Um, look, they didn't they didn't over overhaul you and take you apart, but they they looked the more likely. And, and probably your keeper was busier. You know, Tommy was definitely the busier keeper. But Indeed. but, but looking but looking at the at the result, the result is the result, and 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 Vars being brought in to give us ninety. Seven percent correct decisions, you know, in games and, and decision making, and it was and today was wrong. That goal should have stood. So whether you deserved a point in this game or not, there'll be times when you do deserve to win a game, Vernon. And you know what? You, you won't get anything. But today is a point that's been taken away from you. Alvin, when the referee, the custodian of the game, doesn't apply the rules correctly, which it's clear to see. Captain Kevin Friends, just the good thing about it, he got everything wrong today. So at least he was consistent from minute one to minute 90. The rest has had a shocker. Bad enough having Brexit. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Let alone having referees like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad day, but anyway... You're quoting another phrase, we go again in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I've seen it, and the referee's made a decision, which obviously will be disputed by Aston Villa. Uh, we are not going to dispute it, that's for sure. No. But I'd much rather talk about the quality of our performance over 75 of the 90-odd minutes. I thought we were excellent. I mean, we didn't start brilliantly. We was, in the beginning, it was fairly even, and we certainly didn't start at the tempo and the level we wanted to play at. 
And I think from midway through the first half, right the way through to the end, we really played some excellent football. I thought we dominated the game. We created lots of goal chances, lots of situations, as is, as is uh, evidenced, I suppose, by the fact there were so many wide free kicks and corner kicks, which asked a lot of questions of the opposition. I understand their frustration. They think they've scored in the last minute and their referee decision has gone against them, which they maybe don't understand, but I'm sure the referee understands and knows what he was doing. And, you know, we're not going to apologise for anyone for the fact that that decision went our way because we think that the 1-0 victory was at least the minimum we deserved over the 95, 96 minutes. Do you agree with the referee that Grealish dived or if you were Dean Smith, would you be calling out for a penalty? I'm not the referee, am I? I'm a, I'm a manager of Crystal Palace Football Club. Yeah, but do you think he got the right decision? Did he dive? I mean, that's for the referee to decide. And as far as I'm concerned, I thought the referee was good throughout the game. If that's his decision, I'm not going to stand here and say, you know, you're wrong. Uh, and I'm also not going to stand here in a controversial situation and start sort of adding salt to the Aston Villa wounds by, by making the type of statement you want me to make. I've talked about Crystal Palace Football Club. I've talked about the game. Uh, I'm disappointed, really, that instead of people talking about how well we played today and how well we did, everything's going to, going to focus around was it a right decision or was it a wrong decision. And as someone who sees football through 95 minutes, not 30 seconds, it disappoints me. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Jürgen, a comfortable win in the end, but as always at Burnley, you had to earn the right to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 50-50 situation after 50-50 situation. Long ball, a really good plan. Um, I needed obviously a couple of years to, to, to adapt to it really well. Now we had the formation, it was probably the best second ball game we ever played. The boys showed the respect um, for the opponent with the attitude they, 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 they showed today. We were completely ready for the hardest work. Uh, we were aggressive, but not only aggressive. We were hard, but not only hard. We were really, everybody was on his toes and um, we prepared, we created, we offered runs. We, 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 we were, our defensive pressing was unbelievably good because there are still moments where um, Burnley of course plays football and prepare their early crosses then and we won the ball f for the second goal in a situation like that we won a ball I don't know exactly how that happened for the third goal but it was a counter-attack as well Sadio Mane didn't look too happy when he came <laughs> off um, is he okay? Yes, very okay <laughs> all good so look the boys they, they throw everything on the pitch and yeah and then sometimes they're here not happy or they're not happy but it's all really fine we, we, we spoke about it afterwards and i respect that a lot as long as the boys um, um invest so much yeah then you are not always uh, what is it the choir boy then you show a little bit um <laughs> that you really that you really um are a man and that's completely fine we, we, we spoke afterwards and everything is good again i just watched the game yeah you yeah. know what i think Sadio Mane had every right to mo i am fed up with Salah being greedy, he doesn't, do you know what, that move that they made, all he's got to do is square the ball, great goal. Yeah? Mania, he yeah? does this all the time. Salah, in the last couple of months, even before last, last season, he was exactly the same. And Klopp takes off Firmino and Mane, and guess what, it is easy one. I know he's trying to make Salah score a goal, but my God, come on, mate. Possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a team game. It was a, it was a great chance. I know we're top of the league. I know we're playing great football. But Salah, for me, he needs a reality check. Now, all I know is one thing. Tonight, I noticed um, um, when he brought on Chambers, it's great to see the Ox back. Mm. Fantastic. And all that. But I think, I think Klopp 
should... I know, he, I know he tries to do things his way, but me as a fan, as a Liverpool fan, I think he should have taken off Salah. Because at the end of the day, Mane, he had every right to moan. He's saying, hang on a second, you're taking me off. I know he's played the African Nations Cup and this, that, and the other, but you can see the hunger in it. But he's a team player. Firmino's a team player. But Salah, in the last couple of months, even before the season ended last season, he's selfish. Well, Just yeah, pass the ball, mate. Yeah. Frank, let's he's trying to be that, that Lionel yeah. Messi... <laughs> Frank you, need, you need to get rid, Frank, you need to get rid of him, don't you? I mean, he's, he's not done very well over the last couple of seasons for you. No, no, he's so selfish in front of goal. I'd get him out the club, mate, to be honest with you. And by the way, I love your Scouse accent. I know, I know, I know. I've got that Scouse accent. What I need to do is basically grab hold of Salah and just say, listen, son, you know what? Um, every you know you've come in great visit. listen I know all players love to score goals I could see he smiled when he didn't pass the ball because obviously he, he did apologise as well didn't he he did apologise but, but Darren but he, should know, but he's done, he hasn't done that it's not the first time he's done that game day your verdict Chris, let me uh, just talk to you about the game. A couple of great goals from Sergio Aguero. I mean, the points dropped against Spurs. I, I can't imagine that stopping City. The only thing that really could stop City is Liverpool, who, who just keep winning. But Man City, again, some of the football they played today, I thought was truly outstanding, Chris. Yeah, I thought so in, in patches. But equally, I think at, at times we looked didn't look quite as sharp as we have done recently. Um, I think obviously the, he seems to like to rotate Bernardo Silva, uh, David Silva, and, and De Bruyne as a three, and obviously leave one out and sort of bring one back in. But it does seem to upset the rhythm a little bit. Uh, obviously, good to see De Bruyne coming back to full form. I'm uh, told. I'm told. It, hold on a minute. You upset the rhythm. Upset <laughs> the rhythm. You've won four 0 today. You've taken 52 out of the last 54 points. What? What rhythm? What? What lack of rhythm? In terms of the performance, and obviously at the Etihad, we get a lot of probably deserved criticism for it, the atmosphere not being fantastic at times. And I have to agree that that is the case, particularly at a game like today. And I think that we've become so spoiled by the fact that they turn up and win 4 or 5 0. If they're winning 2 0, that a lot of the people that turn up are not up for it in the same way. They just expect that that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, and it's yeah. a bit of a crying shame, really. Do you know what? I, I wonder as well, <laughs> Ada, I'll throw this out to everybody. I wonder, I wonder, Manchester City and Liverpool are so good. I wonder, normally we always say, oh, the head-to-heads don't don't decide a title. It more or less did last year, didn't it? Yeah. When, when, when Man City had to win that game, they did. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about this year, guys? Are we talking about the heads-to-heads between Manchester City and Liverpool are going to be... The, the determined points of the season. I think we are. I, th- I, I think I th- absolutely think so. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the other, the other thing is, you look at the other teams in the top six. The number of points that were dropped last season between Liverpool and City was 15-16 from what was available in total. And the likes of United and Chelsea are already five or six points away. It's already becoming a two-horse race. I'm I'm happy. I'm delighted about the performance today because when we could not do better, it's because the opponent did it did it good. So so I'm honest with my my players. When I see yeah, sometimes they don't do that because it's, it's easy to do it and do it. I'm more angry. But today the opponent did it well. So the build up and uh, Dan and Popper and Stephens and March and Trussard, 
Montoya, I know him from Barcelona, all of them, they have quality in the courage to play, came here and tried. And I'm sorry, but they created three or four uh, chances, you know? And, and that is the truth. And they said pieces, but we defended well, it was a tough game. But it's important go to a national break with, uh, with that position. It's good. We take advantage from Chelsea, take advantage from United, they drop points. And it's important tomorrow, some of Arsenal or Tottenham is going to drop points. Uh, we'll see Liverpool. So they now come back with the situation that we have with the players and try to, you know, Norwich, Champions League start, Carabao Cup and, and game by game. Just one question about Fernandinho, Pep. How important will he be now? Because you don't have too many centre-backs. Yeah. Yeah, we knew it from the beginning, it would be an option. During the season it happened, so we don't want it. We want no injuries, but uh, unfortunately Roy, we lost him for a while and now we'll see. We'll see Laporte what is the situation and uh, we'll see. Game day, your verdict. Obviously, I think I've seen a lot of stick on social media today for Pogba and I think a lot of people are giving him stick, but for me, 9 out of the 11 players today, they're just not good enough. Uh, bar the goalkeeper and Daniel James, you thought had a good game. Um, other than that, I'd say that the rest of the players, they're not good enough. Um, if, if who are you talking about example, specifically? I know you're saying like the rest of the players, but who are we putting fingers at? I mean, McTominay, I think, I think like previous call to make the point, McTominay, would he get in the midfield of Liverpool, Man City, Spurs? He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't get anywhere close. Um, Andres Pereira he's not good enough for United and it's been going on for a couple of years now where the, the players that we've got are, are really not good enough Dan um, what, were you, what were your realistic expectations at the beginning of the season so obviously like when you made the signings that you did and, and the big one was Harry Maguire what did you expect the season no no for me the, 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 the hope was to make top four mm. and at the moment the, the hope is dwindling to, to make top six just, wow. just that kind of have some European football next year Um whether that will be a help or a hindrance, I, I don't know. Obviously, in the Europa League, you've seen the draw that we've got. We're, you know, we're, we're flying to the other side of, of Europe in that, so it's probably not going to be great. Um, but I just think, you know, Rashford, Martial, and Mason Greenwood—they're your three centre forwards going into the Premier League season. They're not going to guarantee you top four football next year. They're, they're absolutely not. I do, I do uh, think them three are good, good players. But I agree with what you're saying there. Is that, and this is why, when the United fans were getting so much on Lukaku's back. Like a, a good, he's a very, very good striker. He's got a lot of goals. You don't stay bad the whole time. Eventually, he would have come back round again and started scoring goals, and that might have been the start of this season. So I always wondered when people get on his back and trying to get him out. Like it was a bit of be careful what you wish for, because as I said, I believe Martial, Rashford, Mason Greenwood, these guys are all very, very good players. But I just wonder will they and score? The, the, yeah, and they're not going to get you 15 plus goals a season. And I just think it's been a little bit naive for Solskjaer to let Lukaku go. Exactly, and that's exactly, I agree with you. Do you think um, it's Do you yeah. think it's Solskjaer though? Do you think it's him that's making those decisions? It's got to be for me. Uh, I mean, surely the, the, the book stops with the manager, and I think that you know Solskjaer's got to have said yes, yay or nay. I mean, to be honest, was Sanchez ever going to come good, ever come good at United? Now, I don't think he was. Um, I, I think that you know it, it, it's gone too far. Um, it, I, I don't think I, th- I think he'll probably do well at Inter Milan. I think Lukaku will score bags and bags of goals at Inter Milan as well. Um, I, I really do, but. I, Big problem. The big problem they've got, Dan, at Man United is. I think this is Darren would probably agree with this. Is if you've made your mind up that Lukaku is leaving the club, you get that deal done. 
You get the deal done and you, and you make him. sure you've got a replacement yep. waiting to come into a club like Manchester United in the summer where they had £70 million to go and bring in a top quality striker, play Martial and Rashford either side of them and then you go, OK, they're intense there to try and get into that top four. And not a replacement is a huge surprise to me. I completely agree and I think as well that um, the, the, the deal seems to look like um, it, it went on for too long really over the summer and and, uh, you know, you, you would think a club of Manchester United side are letting these players go without a replacement. And I remember at the end of last season, Solskjaer was saying, you know, oh, there's going to be big changes over the summer. And I agree, there's, there's been some changes, but probably not enough. And it will take a few transfer windows to kind of to get that right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think some United fans will show patience with that, and especially with the homegrown players as well. I think that'll probably buy Solskjaer a bit more time. But I just think it, it is very, very naive to let these players go without a replacement coming in. Um, and, and it's going to end up leaving us short. And I, I, I don't think United will make the top four now. And if they do, um, I remember Mourinho saying that uh, finishing second was his greatest achievement. I think Solskjaer finishing fourth this season will be his greatest achievement. Well, I thought we started well. Of course, we get the first goal and we the game is there for us to uh, to be won. And we just, uh, we're not ruthless, clinical enough. And we kept giving the ball away in uh, dangerous areas which uh, then created a, an atmosphere here gave them encouragement and um, we couldn't uh, find a second one that would have finished the game Did you think things were going to turn when they had a man sent off? Well uh, I th- not turn I thought we uh, we could get a goal of course with, with 10 men you, you expect to put them back and uh, create pressure we did we created a few decent chances but the boy in goal he had uh, 6 or 7 decent saves today You'll know the statistics. It's one clean sheet now in 19 games. Yeah. How much does that concern you? You want to have a foundation to, uh, to build from. And uh, the thing is, if we keep getting battered and chances and chances and chances, you know there's loads of work to be, uh, to be done. We're on the right track. We're not conceding many chances. Palace had two last week, scored two. Uh, Southampton had one, at, like, one into uh, like one ten-second period where they could have scored. And we conceded. So... The concern isn't the amount of chances we're conceding. The concern is that uh, they are very efficient when they score. No, I'm not even a Man United fan. I'm actually a Liverpool fan, which hmm. is some oh, bit sorry. ironic. Bringing you up. wouldn't have enjoyed no, that then. Right. No worries, no worries. <laughs> um, what I was really going to say was that there's a lot of criticism about the actual players, but like Mickey Gray, I actually think that the, the, the fault of the team is with the manager. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Teacher, um... They, they jumped in with Solskjaer because I actually think there was nobody else available at the time instead of just sitting back and maybe waiting for the right man to come along. And I, I, Unfortunately for Liverpool supporters, I see the right man being somebody maybe like Allegri because I think the players are good enough. They just need managing better. Has it got to the point, Paul, where Liverpool are doing so well that your fans don't even want to talk about you anymore? You want to talk about Manchester United? Well, my stepson's a Man United fan and he doesn't know anything but success. And I just think that <laughs> the players get a lot of criticism, but they are good players. You look at Klopp and Guardiola, they walked in and they, they love their players. And I don't see that kind of love with Man United. There's a massive, there seems to be a massive distance between the manager 
and the actual players. There doesn't seem to be any contact there. And I, and I do think that maybe that's something that's missing. But again, Solskjaer had no pedigree as a manager and he seems to have been brought back in because he's in inverted commas a legend. Game day. The biggest football league in the world. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport.